0: Welcome to Rumble Strip. This is Erica Heilman.
1: The electrical teacher, Roberts, is definitely a -a one-of-a-kind guy.
0: That's Alex. He's a high school senior at St. Johnsbury Academy up in the Northeast Kingdom of Vermont.
1: My sophomore year, I got in some trouble with the school, and he immediately stepped up to bat to keep me in school. And, I don't know, halfway through my (laughs) sophomore year, I think it was, I started giving up on the electrical because it got hard and he told me not to because he saw the potential in me and looking back now, I'm definitely glad I didn't give up on it.
0: The Northeast Kingdom is mostly small towns separated by miles and miles and it has some of the highest unemployment and lowest wages in the state. It's a beautiful place, it's also a difficult place to live and make a living and Alex is well on his way to becoming a full-time electrician. I spent a day visiting Alex's class, visiting a lot of the classes in the Career and Technical Education program up at the St. Johnsbury Academy, and I had that experience when you know you're seeing something important, something that's so obvious and right that it's almost hiding in plain sight. Career and Technical Education, CTE as they call it, I think when I went to school they called it vocational education, or voc-ed, but this program at this school is unlike any voc-ed I've ever seen. Unlike most schools, the program isn't segregated from the school's academic programs, which means you leave English class and you walk down the hall to a full auto body shop where you're working on the engine of a two-ton diesel truck. It also means nearly 80% of the whole student body takes CTE classes at some point in their high school careers. All the classes are taught by masters in their trade, people who have worked in the world for decades before teaching. And the classes feel more like old-world apprenticeships, like on-the-job training more than high school. Right now, the electricity kids are doing all the electrical for a major renovation on campus, a huge historical building called Brantview. Nineteen kids working in teams (laughs) on four different floors. It's not an exercise. It's not kids watching or shadowing or sampling. These kids and their teacher are doing all the electrical for a 5.5 million dollar project on campus. A project that everyone in town can see.
1: In the, in my two years of taking jobs where we've actually had to work with other crews like our like the carpenters and the, the heating guys, you know, the drywalling guys, uh, framers. You know, working around all of them, it gets hectic. you know. We ran into an issue over Christmas vacation. We are putting up lights in a bathroom, and we had to have them center on the drains and whatnot of the sinks. But the plumbers had a drainage pipe, like, a half-inch path over our center line. So we had to have the plumbers move their pipe over so we could be center. When something doesn't go my way, I'm not the kindest person about telling other people that, like, how to fix it. So, with being in there with all the other tradesmen, it's helped me learn how to have a conversation. I guess it's kind of made me a more mellow person. Let's put it that way.
0: If you listen to Rumble Strip, you know that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about problems financial problems, community problems, problems with poverty, mental health care problems, problems that are impossible to tease apart from other problems. So when I stood in this building and I watched 19 kids in hard hats rewiring a building on their own school campus, I didn't think, isn't that a nice story? Instead, I felt like I was looking way upstream of all the problems and seeing a solution, not the only solution, just a solution. One Solution. This show is a kind of valentine to all the people learning to work in the world and learning to make things, and the people who are helping them to get there. Welcome.
2: I started off taking the apprenticeship classes here at the school that Mr. Roberts runs at night through the state, and normally I'd have to pay for that, or the company I work for would have to pay for that for me to get this education. But instead, because I go to the school, they pay for me to take these apprenticeship classes. And that has helped me to get started. And if all things go well, by the end of this, I guess, year, I'll have two done and I'll only have two more to go before I can become a journeyman. Then I can test out to be a master electrician. And I can do that by the time I'm 30. And that, that's a really big thing now because a lot of the population in these different jobs are much older. Young people just don't want to do these jobs because I don't think they really know what they look like. And the CTE classes here have really helped people to see what they're like because they can take the class and then when they're in the class they actually see, wow, I can actually do this. I can do this as an option. This isn't something that's a fallback for oh I can't make it through college, this is an alternative, and I found it to be a really good one.
3: People aren't getting as interested in in trades as much as they used to be, and uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure why. I like being a trade worker and like being an electrician, and most of my life I've known I I didn't really want to go to college because. I'm not a huge fan of school. I'm more of a, like a hands-on person. And I've grown up with like not a poor family, but not a wealthy family either. And I want to be able to give my kids things that they want and not have to struggle to be able to live.
4: I'm not training electricians. I'm, I'm training uh, work ethic.
0: This is master electrician Jeremy Roberts.
4: There's a lot of students that get lost at school. They just don't have a direction. And what a lot of things that I I try to do in my classroom is to teach them just strictly work ethic. And from day one, try to teach personal responsibility. If I can't trust a student, then the student will not take my class. And I have yet to have a student that I've had to take out of my class. I'm trusting them with wiring a house. I'm trusting them with safety. I'm trusting them to get a job done. And once you, I get to the point where I can trust them, you, you watch them start to grow. And a lot of times these students have never had anybody give them any responsibility. That, that's huge.
1: I think he trusts me and that means everything to me because that gives me more responsibility you know, and with that responsibility, it's just another challenge for me to face. Since we're redoing that dorm, we had to split up into teams. And I've been a team leader since the first day we were in there. So I got four or five guys that I got to worry about getting stuff done and done right. And Roberts is trusting me to make sure that it gets done and done right. Plus, I got to focus on my own work. So it's just... It's a lot of responsibility, but I'm definitely glad it's there.
5: What is your next project?
0: Every year, for years, St. Johnsbury Academy kids have been winning national medals at Skills USA in Louisville, Kentucky. It's kind of Olympics for career tech kids. Gwen Frechette is a baker at the school. She spent hundreds of hours practicing with her baking mentor, Chef by or Chef B., and after a sheet of pan dinner rolls, a loaf of white bread, an unbaked pie shell, a cake decoration, and a pineapple pie, which I guess is something they eat in the South, she took home national gold.
6: We are waiting and waiting for um, the award ceremony because baking is actually one of the last ones presented and that's just, you wait like three hours to the award ceremony waiting for it. and. Um, I wasn't called for uh, bronze or silver, and I was like, all right, so I'm either gold or I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I really need this. And as soon as they called my name, Chef B and I just both started sobbing. She's the reason I won. I practiced, God, hundreds of hours in Chef B's kitchen for this, because the award for winning is a full tuition scholarship. And I needed that so much, because I'm one of three kids, my parents both work two jobs so it was it meant everything in that moment to win it meant everything and for my parents it they called me after the award ceremony and they were in tears my dad and it was it was really cool even though
5: this is but this is a bigger dimension It's a side table here's master
0: woodworker matt stark
5: i have a student from years ago that went into carpentry over in burlington and now is successful. Uh, just called me the other day to say I bought my first new car. How proud of a moment for, for him and for me. And, and uh, many of my students, they will be successful because they are hard workers and they realize that nothing will be handed to them and that you will have to work hard for a living and a lot of these young people have, have not seen people work very hard in their their lives. They may have a family member that's not in the picture. They don't have anybody to look up to. So when they see me as a teacher working really, really hard, and then they go into the workforce and they see that hard work, all the people around them work very hard, they uh, realize that that's how they're going to succeed.
7: I think the uh, starting point for my story is usually at um, when my dad left 12 years ago. And then my mom was a single mom for the rest of the time. And then this year um, I was kicked out of my house. And then um, my girlfriend's mom said I could live with them. So that's where I'm currently at. But um, yeah, it was was hard staying in school. I work a lot outside of school because I got to make money to buy stuff. i'm on my own now so it's like but the wood shop really helps with that and so does the tech program because i go in there and smell the sawdust you get the uh, good vibes from all the people mr stark's there patting you on the shoulder it's just uh it's it's a really warm environment and uh it's really comforting and mr stark is one of the most professional woodworkers out there today. So having him as a teacher, I feel really prepared to go out into the workforce. And it's a great relief knowing you have skills. Whereas if you were only in the classroom and you feel like you don't have any academic skills, I always felt I was going to be hopeless for the future. And then when I found the tech program, I realized that there's a whole career out there for me and a whole field I could go into and that I am skilled in those Uh, Fields, It's just not academic, and that's okay. There's a lot of students like that. It's just uh, as long as they get into something that's productive and pushes them forward, I think everybody can succeed, and whether that's academics or tech, you just got to find that.
0: When I went to high school here in Vermont, the kids who went into the career technical classes just disappeared. After ninth grade, I never saw them again, and this still happens at most schools in Vermont. The CTE kids are bussed off to some other campus, probably for some good practical reason, but it also sends the pretty clear message to everyone that we don't have any more use for each other, that whatever I'm learning about in history or English has nothing to do with the tech kids, and whatever the tech kids are learning about making and fixing and building things has nothing to do with me. As a consequence of this approach, when I was 42, I spent about nine hours building a stool, and weeping, a stool that never did stand. And more important, I didn't learn in school that all these skills were essential and that we'd all need each other eventually.
4: During the school day, I may have a student that has AP Physics, comes in and takes electricity class and then goes to their English class uh, all in the same day. The other tech centers, a lot of times, will go week in, week out, or Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, they're doing their academic classes. The other days, they're doing their tech classes. It's it's choppier. They don't have a, a rhythm of, you know, you have to do your academic, and then you have to, you know, you, then you go to your CTE group. And I find that that works out really well because... They have to process things differently. They leave their English class, and they've gone through a lecture. They come to my class, and they take their tie off, and they work with their hands, and it's like a release time for a lot of these students. And then, then they they realize they have to go back to class. They put the tie back on. They walk back out the door.
2: I feel like if we weren't in the same building and in, at the same places all the time, I think they would necessarily see us as, oh, you guys are just going off to goof around. And But they're able to see what we're doing and actually know when we get a lot of work done and I think it's the same effect is we get to see what it's what people who just take academic courses or they take an art class or something we get to see what they they see and if we went off to a different campus all the time we'd never know what it looked like in those classes or we'd have a very limited view of it and if we were separated I don't think a lot of people would be able to see the difference and appreciate it
4: when I was in school back in uh 1990, there was definitely a, a split. When the headmaster announced at the end of the year what the students are going to be doing, it would list all the colleges they were accepted at and where they were going and, they'd, and when my name was read it said employment. And that really hit home to me because anybody that wasn't going to college and they had no idea what they were going to do it was all employment no matter what. There was your college-bound students and then there was your tech kids. And now it's, there is a lot of push for CTE to be integrated in. And our school's done a great job with that. Just because I'm a master electrician doesn't make me any different than the teacher that has a doctorate that's exceptional in their field. Everybody has something they're good at. I've always said that I worked a lot of doctor's houses that did not know how to wire. And I've worked at lawyers that did not know how to wire. Uh, But, yeah, I hire a mechanic to work on my car. Can I do it? Yes. Is there somebody better? Yes. So, I mean, the academy does a good job with letting students explore different areas because you don't necessarily know what you're good at, and you want the students to mingle and mix. And Because if you don't do that, the students that might try it either direction aren't there. There are
5: employability options here in the Northeast Kingdom. You do need to be highly skilled, not necessarily highly educated, but you need to be skilled. And we need to be training carpenters. We desperately need plumbers, especially in the Northeast. Uh, You need builders, and they're an aging demographic. Most of the carpenters that I work with are 40 to 65 years old. There's no young people coming here for those jobs. They're not moving to Vermont for those jobs. And the people that have those skills are moving out of Vermont. Um, I see that there's a huge demand. And if we could bridge the gap between the high school and the industry and start to have more connections where our students can jump into a job because they have a connection with the high school, it would allow these young people a job in which they would stay here in the state.
3: This past summer, Mr. Roberts actually got me a job at CFW Electric in Danville. And I worked my butt off there all, all summer long, and my boss, he actually told me that he wanted me to come back after I graduate. He was always complimenting me on how fast I would work and how hard, I, I was always working hard. And you gotta understand that you gotta work hard and you gotta, you gotta work with other people and you may not like them, but you gotta work
5: with them. That's how the real world it is. A person that would not see the value in things handmade, I I can't even fathom not understanding the value of something made by hand, made in the U.S. The young people that are coming through my program are carrying on a tradition that this country was founded on makers and doers and creators. It Doesn't matter if you're building a company or a piece of furniture, it's the same sense of integrity and the same type of skills to create something from nothing. That's what this country is built on and that's what I think that I'm teaching. I'm teaching these young people to be makers and doers. I can come back to Brantview a hundred years
2: from now and still see all my work that's been done there. See the changes that we've made and the different things that happen in that building. What we do has actually made a difference.
0: Most of the students who graduate from the CTE program at the St. Johnsbury Academy find employment in their field after high school, or they go on to further education in that field. They stay in touch with their teachers at the Academy. They're on a first-name basis. Like I said, this is a nice story. But the next time you read about the growing skills gap or Vermonters leaving the state, or you hear about all the big problems inside of bigger problems, the next time you're voting for your school budget in your town or wondering where money is well spent, remember this nice story. Music for the show is from Vermont musicians, Brian Clark and Mike D'Onofrio. I wanna thank everyone who talked with me at the St. Johnsbury Academy. Thank you to Jeff Burrows for setting up the interview schedule. If you're in Vermont, the CTE program welcomes visitors from the Department of Education, from parents and kids and anyone interested. I highly recommend checking out the Brant View Project right on campus. Also, Governor Phil Scott just proclaimed February as Career Technical Education Month in Vermont. So, happy Career Technical Education Month I wanna thank everyone who has donated to the show. And you know, I've been thinking about it. I've been producing Rumble Strip for about four years now. And in all that time, I've been working on at least one show. If there's radio silence for me, it's because I'm working on a longer show. Now, after four years, there are more than 10,000 of you out there. I'm not very good at math, but if a reasonable number of you had an extra dollar or two to donate to the show every month, that could pretty much change my life. You can find a green donate button on the top right corner of my website and there's a monthly payment option. The website is rumblestripvermont.com. I'm also planning to make some show t-shirts to sell from the site. I'll let you know when that happens. And last, if you have any good ideas for sponsors for the show, people or businesses you think might be a good fit, I would love to hear about them. Thank you to everyone who already donates to the show and to everyone who might consider it. This is Erica Heilman.